welcome back to the HR Grapevine podcast, the podcast series that takes an in-depth look at one of the most fascinating, important or divisive HR topics that is making the headlines. I'm Sophie Power, editor of My Grapevine magazine, and each week I'll be joined by a different HR journalist as we explore the contemporary practice and most pressing debates in HR within a short podcast. So join me as we properly pick apart what it means to work in the people function. Today, I'm joined by Dan Cave, Head of Content at Executive Grapevine Digital Media. So welcome back to the podcast, Dan. It's been a little while since we've kind of caught up on the podcast. So how have you been? And and also what's been kind of catching your eye in the last couple of weeks in the world of HR? Hi, Soph. It is such a pleasure to be back doing a podcast with you. I know we've both been interviewing lots of HR experts for different podcast series recently. So it feels like months since we've actually sat down and had a chat about HR together. I'm really well, thanks. Thank you for asking. In HR at the moment, what's been catching my eye? I guess some of the culture issues, which always shock me when they come to the fore that certain employers aren't getting it. I guess, you know, those who are thinking they can push diversity issues or toxic culture claims under under the carpet and then not come to the fore. We always know that comes out. I'm still shocked at bosses being like, get back to the office right now. Otherwise, there's no job for you, especially in kind of like a talent type market, which we know a lot of HR are struggling with. And then, you know, looking at some of the obscure stuff that we've covered recently as well, such as like some people actually wishing for a festive lockdown because it's been such a tired year, they just felt they need some chill out time. So there's a, there's a lot going on as ever, isn't there? There's definitely a breadth of different topics, as you've mentioned there. Today, we're going to be talking about something slightly different, but of course, it does have a HR angle to it, which we're going to be unpicking and discussing in more detail. So earlier this week, we did hear the news that the energy firm Bulb Energy became the latest UK energy firm to kind of face up to challenges following a steep rise in gas prices this year. And in a statement on the firm's website, Bulb essentially said that they have decided to support the firm being put into special administration. Of course, there is an impact from a business perspective here, as many of the the mainstream media outlets will likely be reporting on. But of course, on the podcast, we like to look at the HR angle and the implication that this might have for people. So in a broader sense, many remote workers are experiencing a rise in energy prices as a result of supply and demand on the wholesale market. And it's quite funny because actually we were talking about this just before we started recording, how we're a little bit more conscious now and might perhaps put the, the heating on, turning on lights while we're working from home. And actually, you know, we've seen this being reported on in, you know, various media outlets. So for example, in October, a an article from the BBC was explaining that around 15 million households have seen their energy bills go up by 12% since the beginning of that month. And that is because the energy price cap has risen. So for the, particularly for those that are working from home, either permanently full time or, you know, for a portion of the week, needing to put heating in the house and to have their lights on and those sorts of things could have impacts for the workforces. So, Dan, my question to you really is how exactly is this impacting workforces at the moment? Pretty massively, I'd say. I think everyone is slightly worried about the the energy crisis. Apart from apparently me, I've just realised that I'm only wearing one long sleeved T-shirt 
in the middle of what is quite a cold day and I don't even you have definitely these... need to put some more layers on before I, you I know. putting the heating on <laughs> I know because it's either I, I get cold or I spend too much cash on heating those are my two options so I, I realize the error of my ways but I think what we're all feeling as the conversation we had before the podcast as well so is that all workers are probably a little bit more aware that this winter energy bills might come home to bite. And that's because, and I think this is exacerbated by the amount that are now working from home. ONS stats showed that in the first year of the pandemic, so last year, those at least partially working from home, the numbers doubled to 25% of the workforce, which is a lot more than, say, like two two years ago, when maybe if this energy crisis had come, maybe we wouldn't have been so worried about it because most of our day might have been spent out of the house or for a lot of people it would have been anyway. Um, so what I'm trying to say, simply put, for those who are now working from home, bills are likely going to rocket this winter with, you know, the computer on if you're doing white collar work, boiling that kettle constantly for coffee and teas, the heating, putting the big light on at 3pm because yes, it is getting that dark already. This, these are all costs that the employee, at least primarily, is now going to be covering. So some employers in HR might actually say, ah, tough, you decided to work from home. It's not mandated by government anymore. But I'm saying, well, actually, some firms have completely ditched the office to save their own money on rent and bills. And I'll speak a little bit about that later. We've got some workers have been hired remotely and are so far away from office sets and they can't commute in because it would just be, you know, ridiculous. In our team, you know, we've got Eric who works from Scotland and the office is just outside London. It's just impossible for people to get there in a day. And I'm also saying to HR and employers as well that the employee-employee dynamic has changed so much and it's changed so much in the last year so radically that personal and professional spheres are closer together than ever been before. The employer brand is under such scrutiny more so than ever before that you can't just say bah, you're rising energy bills that's your problem in fact there's some really good data on like how much those energy bill price rises are impacting workers so so research by electric radiators said that working from home could cost uk employees almost 30 quid a month more than commuted might have historically done so it's going to be a really tight winter from that perspective and that's despite eight in ten workers from a your money survey saying that they want remote work for the long term, what we're getting now is that actually up to 5 million UK employees are considering ditching working from home this winter due to concern about their rising energy costs. So what I'm saying there is in the short term, people are wanting to go back into the office despite rising rates of COVID-19 transmission at the moment. I think it went up 9% this week, cases did. Just to save money on rising energy prices, And what that does is create an issue of cost, of maybe creating dynamics in your workforce that you don't want, and maybe putting people at at risk. You might have people who are so financially worried about this that they're willing to risk their health or spend more money on commuting because they're terrified about those winter energy bill rises. So in my mind, this is a less than ideal between a rock and a hard place situation that some workers might be feeling. So, Soph, I know you've spoken to a legal expert. Should maybe HR and employees be considering maybe helping employers with their costs at this difficult moment? I mean, I think this is definitely something that has kind of come to the fore when everyone moved to homework and there was lots of questions being thrown up about 
can I ask my employer to pay for or at least contribute towards some of the bills or some of the equipment need for home working? But yes, as you said, before the podcast, I spoke to Charlotte Farrell, who is an associate solicitor in the employment team at Paris Smith. And I basically asked whether employers should be contributing towards work from home costs things like energy and costs and things like that. And she basically said that there is no legal obligation to do so. She said that companies can make their own decisions and it may depend on how many people work from home and the regularity of those uh, work from home schedules. She also said it may depend on the expenses policy of a company as well. And she went on to say there are also requirements to report to the HMRC if the expenses don't meet very strict criteria. So it can open a can of worms if employers contribute towards such costs without careful consideration. She also said, and I think we have started to see a bit of a shift in appetite among staff for this, that employees are increasingly looking for it to be built into their remuneration and benefits packages. And employers may see it raised in appraisal reviews in the coming months as working from home permanently may continue. And also she said that some companies have offered one-off payments to take into account the increased costs from working from home, whereas others have taken the view, and Dan, you kind of referred to this earlier, that it's offset by the saved commuting costs that a lot of workers have kind of benefited from. So that's just a bit of a, a snapshot and a summary of what the legal expert told me before the podcast. So now that we've looked into that, The next natural question is if employers won't be contributing towards these costs or work from home costs, what else can the people function do? Yeah, it's a really good question. So I guess like first off, there might be an employee out there that says, yeah, you could just pay for my costs. And like you said, so it is a bit of a can of worms, you know, you could have one employee who lives in a small flat and another in a massive house and if the employer starts paying their energy bills over winter, even if it's short term, there could be such big differentials that it just becomes a bit of a in-house political football, so to speak. CIPD have, have released something on this and said even bespoke pay rises matched to employees' specific energy costs over winter, even in the short term, would require changes to employment contracts. That creates a legal can of worms. And also, even if you did have the cash to do it and the HR capacity to do it, it's still a lot of hassle. I think actually what HR should be doing is that understanding that help regards energy costs, even if it is specifically paying them, but a bit of financial education and being very, very savvy and aware of employees' needs is now part of the expectation from employees of their employer. And, th- and this is borne out in quite a lot of the information there under, I guess, new understandings of how financial pressures at home impact work life. So recent stats from FinCap showed that nearly 7 in 10 UK employees believe staff performance is negatively affected when employees are under financial pressure. So there's a lot that can be done there by HR teams, whether it's just education or helping them find, you know, price comparison websites or or deals or how to be cost savvy when it comes to like heating or using energy at home that could really, really, I guess, help employees so their performance isn't affected at work. We know that from the way that employees have uh, delivered for home workers over the pandemic, that it is unlikely to be anything more than financial well-being or education how that's given out. Because if we look at some of the stats around employers covering remote workers' internet costs or co-working spaces, et cetera, et cetera, 
the majority weren't. So it's unlikely that's going to change, even though there is a, a fuel poverty charity, National Energy Action, calling for legislation to make work from home allowances mandatory in the future. I mean, if you can do that and you, you can pay for energy costs, great, because you get to go ahead of the curve and brand yourself as a caring employer. And we know that's increasingly what employers want. However, there are a few really interesting examples of employers stepping in to help their employees with energy costs this winter. So there's a marketing and as an agency that I looked at who have basically partnered up with an energy supply comparison platform to help their employees en masse find discounts for energy and give them cheaper and, and greener as well, which I guess helps to the purposeful word, uh, deals in, in the short term, which I think is a really, really creative way because as an employer, you can say, actually, I could bring you like 50 customers, my employees, let's see what group discount prices can be done there. I think that's really, really imaginative. We also know that currently something that employers could help their employees with is Tell them about tax relief on working from home job expenses. You can currently claim it to £6 a week. I'm not going to go into all the details there. But as an employer, you could help guide employees towards that. And what I think actually could be a short term solution as well, and I know it's not popular at the moment, is you can hire temporary co-working spaces or office hubs, you know, WeWorks, Regis's, et cetera. Maybe put it near to where some employees are grouped so at least they can get in to somewhere close for the day, if that's possible. I know it's not possible for everyone, but if that's possible, and that might help them save on some of these energy costs over winter, and it's not too much of a massive cost for you as a company in the long term. You don't have any like commercial retail liability for, say, five years, et cetera. Those are kind of the things that, that I was seeing out there, and I thought some of those were quite quite good potential fixes. I'd like to finish this section on a and I, something that you shouldn't do if you're working in HR or employers at the moment, especially when your your workforce is potentially very stressed about energy price rises. And that's not to say we're closing the office because we want to push our energy prices onto you, the worker. It's something that, according to Smart Energy Research, that they saw that nearly a third of small businesses are literally planning to force their staff to work from home over winter to avoid the cost of soaring energy prices themselves. If your employees get wind of that and understand the real reasons for why that's happening, you might find that come the the other side of winter, they've actually gone onto the job market and you no longer have an office that's open. You no longer have a business that's open. So I'd say there's, there's a lesson to be learned there, Soph, as well. Well, thanks for giving us a, a run through of, you know, some of the, the potential fixes. And I think the bit of research you just touched on there is probably good food for thought. But unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. The HR Grapevine wouldn't exist without your continued readership and engagement with our content, whether that's our daily newsletters, monthly magazines, webinars, live events or market lead and research papers. So to find out more or to sign up to our daily content newsletters, which showcases solutions and best practice answers to all of your HR issues, please visit hrgrapevine.com.